Asperges me, Domine isopoet mundabor, lavabis me et supernivem de alba. Welcome to Psalms with a Sinner, or Salmi Cum Peccatori. My name is Cole Parker, and I'll be your host. So as we finished up our Advent readings and reflections, um, I have just recently got back from a personal retreat, and I've always had a great love of the Psalms. Um, a couple of years ago, I spent a lot of time reading and reflecting on each of the psalms throughout maybe three months or something, and I was filled with a wonderful peace and calmness and just serenity. It really was. And so I kind of wanted to do this podcast to hopefully do the same for others. Over the years, I've amassed a a nice collection of books on the Psalms and the different translations of the Psalms. And so I'm just going to basically take what I've read and we're just going to walk through the Psalms. And if I recall something quite interesting or, or thought provoking or stirs the heart, then I will bring it up. So how this is going to work is every, every podcast will be one of the psalms. We're going to start at 1, go all the way to 150. Now, uh, to be clear, I want you to know up front that we will be using the Dewey Rames translation. And what makes this important is that a lot of translations use the uh, Masoretic translation. Um, that's the Hebrew translation for the psalms. And how that's going to differ for us when we read from the Dewey Rames version is the Dewey Rames used the Septuagint translation, the Greek translation. So the numberings are different in both these translations. So <clears throat> it shouldn't be much of a problem. We're starting at one, going all the way through, but just for, uh, just so you know. Now, none of these ideas, again, are going to be my own. Uh, none of these reflections are my own. They all are going to come from the Church Fathers, uh, compiled by different authors throughout the throughout the centuries. So some of my resources that we will be reading from will be Psalm Basics for Catholics by John Bergsma, Praying from the Depths of the Psalms by Father John Henry Hansen, Praying the Psalms with Early Christians, compiled by Mike Aquilina and Christopher Bailey. The Book of the Psalms from the Navarre Bible, with commentary from Church Fathers. Christ in the Psalms by Father Patrick Henry Reardon. A Catholic Introduction to the Bible, the Old Testament, John Bergsma and Brant Petrie. 
and and as I said before, we'll be reading out of the Dewey Rames translation. So, now that the introduction is done, uh, why don't we go ahead and dive in? Of course, this is day one, so we will start with Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the chair of pestilence. But his will is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he shall meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree which is planted near the running waters, which shall bring forth its fruit in due season. And his leaf shall not fall off, and all whatsoever he shall do shall prosper. Not so the wicked, not so, but like the dust which the wind driveth from the face of the earth. Therefore the wicked shall not rise again in judgment, nor sinners in the counsel of the just. For the Lord knoweth the way of the just, and the way of the wicked shall perish. The word of the Lord. Reflection on Psalm 1. Today will be from the Praying the Psalms with the Early Christians book. And this first reflection is by St. Basil the Great. Homily number one on the Psalms. All scripture is inspired by God and useful and was composed by the Holy Spirit. It's like a general hospital for souls where all people may choose the right medicine for their own diseases. The prophets teach certain things, the histories, others, the law, still others, and the sort of counsel given in the Proverbs of others. But in the book of the Psalms holds whatever is helpful in all the others. It foretells things to come. It recalls past history. It gives laws for life. It gives advice about what to do. It is a storehouse of good instructions, carefully giving what is useful to each. It gives healing to the ancient wounds of souls and speedy remedy to fresh wounds. It cares for the sick and keeps the healthy. It removes the agitations, no matter how great, no matter what kind, that dominate the soul in our lifetime. And it does this through timely persuasion that inspires sound thinking. The Holy Spirit saw that humanity had only weak inclinations toward virtue and that we were ignorant of the righteous life because of our own preference for pleasures. So what did he do? He combined the delight of melody with doctrines so that through pleasing of soft sound we might receive without noticing what was useful in the words. When wise physicians give bitter potions to the sick, they often smear the rim of the cup with honey. In a similar way, the beautiful melodies of the Psalms have been designed for us so that those who are young or young at heart may truly educate their souls while they appear to be singing. For hardly anyone in the lazy crowds goes home from church with a memory of any precept of the apostles or prophets, but the words of the Psalms they sing at home and spread in the marketplace. And if someone who suffers from excessive beastly anger falls under the spell of a psalm, he leaves church with the ferocity of his soul, calmed by the melody. 
A psalm is serenity for the soul, the bringer of peace, restraining the disorder and tumult of thoughts. It softens the agitation of the soul and disciplines its rebelliousness. A psalm forms friendships, unites those who are divided, and reconciles enemies. Who can still consider someone an enemy when they have sung together to God? So the singing of psalms brings love, the greatest of good things. Harmony becomes the bond of unity for people who sing together in a choir. To the soldiers of true religion, David set out to purpose many arduous tasks, requiring hard sweat and labor. But first he showed the happy goal, so that the hope of blessings to come, we might endure the sufferings of this life without grief. The hope of comfortable lodging eases the journey of travelers on a rough road. The desire for goods makes merchants brave the ocean. The promise of the crop removes the drudgery from the work of farmers. Just so, the one who orders all our lives, the great teacher, the spirit of truth, wisely set before us the rewards so that we might rise above the work at hand and persevere in spirit till we enjoy the everlasting blessings. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. What is truly good, then, is at first and foremost the most blessed, and that is God. So Paul, too, discusses Christ awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great Savior and God, Jesus Christ. For truly blessed is the goodness that all things await and all things desire, an unchangeable nature, noble dignity, peaceful existence, a happy way of life in which there is neither change nor altercation alteration. But foolish and worldly men, ignorant of the nature of good itself, often bless what is worthless, wealth, health, and fame. None of these is good by nature, and not only because they easily change to their opposite, but also because they cannot make their owners good. Who is just because of what he owns? Who is self-possessed because of his health? Quite the contrary, each of these things easily becomes the servant of sin for those who use them wrongly. Blessed is he, then, who has what is valued the most, who shares in the goods that cannot be lost. How do we know him? He walks not in the counsel of the wicked. But why, you may ask, does the prophet single out man for happiness? Are women excluded? No. For the virtue of man and woman is the same since creation is equally honored in both, and so both receive the same reward. Listen to Genesis. God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Those whose nature is alike share the same reward. So why did scripture mention man but not woman? Because their nature is alike to indicate the whole through the part, and that is sufficient.